My God, they're right behind us! I know, I know, we can't outrun them! We need a place to hide! You! This son of a... Yeah, it's okay. That was only a potted plant that I tripped over. Way to run, numb nuts! Quick, everyone, into the hot topic. We'll be safe there. Close the grate. Hurry, they'll be here any minute! Whoa, we can chain the door closed using chains for these stupid chainy pants. Thank God for misunderstood youths. What the hell is out there? What kind of fucking haunted mall is this? Yeah, I'll help jam the door with these Jack Skellingtons. We'll need a lot of Jack Skellingtons. Grab more. There's plenty of them. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Well, that should hold for now. Light those Yankee candles. We should be safe from... Whatever that was, but for how long? You're listening to New York Pacific, brought to you by your own free will. Tonight's episode, Tales of Expected Horror, a haunted homage, a tribute to terror, a love letter to the lugubrious. This is it, man. It's all over for us. This may be a hot topic, but it's where they'll find no cold, dead bodies. No way, brah. No one wants to turn me into a cold, dead body. They'll have to do it over my cold dead body. You really put the scholar in scholar-athlete, huh, big guy? How's about I show you the athlete part, pencil neck? Stop it! Stop it! Fighting won't get us anywhere! It's bad enough here chased by the... I mean, whatever that is outside, but if we're gonna make it out alive, we need to stick together. Stick together, huh? That's just crazy enough to work! Well, this guy seems like the authority on crazy. You want to see crazy? I'll show you crazy. Jesus, stop it. Stop it. What's wrong with you? Split apart. Just split apart, all right? Let's all sit in a circle, safe distance from one another, and get to know each other. My name is... Hey, hey, hey. No names, man. I don't know what's waiting for us outside, but I'm sure as shit not giving it anything personal to use against me. All right, fine. No names, then. Let's just talk about what we do and and what we're interested in. I'm the captain of my school's cheerleading squad. I like taking charge. Oh, well, I'm the president of the chess club, and I like knowledge. I play football, and I like football. I live off the grid, hombre, and I like it that way. I uh, don't really like to talk about myself. It's okay. We're all in this together. If you can't trust us, who can you trust? Whatever it is that's outside? Well, I work at my school's library and I... I like stories. Get out! What kind of stories? Well, I know that now is hardly the time for it, but I've always been a fan of gothic fiction. You know, Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein while telling scary stories with her friends. Jesus H. Chrysler, we've been hounded into an outlet mall store by... I don't know, something, and you're talking about scary stories? Hey, chill out. Talking about this is putting her at ease. Maybe we can go around the circle telling scary stories? Nothing can be scarier than whatever it is outside, right? Librarian, why don't you go first? Well, I guess I'll start with that fateful night when the mother of all scary stories was writ. 
was soon borne away by the waves and lost in darkness and distance. Good heavens, my dearest wife, Mary. What a chilling tale you've woven. Oh, just look at our friend Lord Byron. I dare say he's gone pale. Oh, indeed, Mary. Just spellbinding work. Here I've come to Geneva with my good friend the Shelleys just to relax and suggest we spend a rainy afternoon making up ghost stories. Now I'm just not going to be able to sleep this rainy night. Percy Byron, you do flatter so. Oh, on this dark and stormy night. <laughs> oh, there's your key near for a phrase, you old poet, you. No, Byron, it just came to me, really. It could launch a thousand stories and still put a chill down my spine. Maybe Mary could start her story with it. Ah, perhaps. Oh, that's sweet of you two, but remember how chilling you all felt my opening lines were? Mm, uh, not to my recollection, but uh, then I did hit the old opium pipe pretty hard after lunch there. Oh, indeed, myself as well, brother. <laughs> oh, 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 brother. brother. <laughs> brother. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Anyway, uh, Mary, what uh, did you open with her? Well, I was trying to create a sense of foreboding right off the bat, so I went with... You will rejoice to hear that no disaster has accompanied the commencement of an enterprise which you have regarded with such evil forebodings. Oh, yes, the forebodings. Hmm. Kind of gives away that there isn't a disaster accompanying the commencement of the enterprise, though, does it not? I see what you're saying, Percy. Mightn't it be better to let people wonder if there's going to be a disaster in there? Really make them worried. Well, a lot goes wrong in the story. William Frankenstein gets murdered. It's just how Captain Walton starts the ladder to his sister. Wait, wait, wait. William Frankenstein? That was the monster's first name? What? No, no, my sweet husband, Frankenstein is the name of the scientist. Victor Frankenstein. William is his brother. Wait a darn minute. The monster has a brother? Byron, dear friend, as I was just explaining to Percy, I... Look, Mary, you'll need to sort that out. However, Percy's point stands. Mightn't it be scarier if Walton started a letter by mentioning how the night in question was of the dark and stormy varietal? No. Well, it, it might. Percy, I, mean, I, I just don't... I think well, that. whatever. It's your tale. I mean, you're the one stealing fire from the gods and making Frankenstein. Who in turn kills his own goddamn brother? That's not what happens, my dear lord. Well, well, whatever. It was a good one. I wouldn't want to meet a giant man made out of dead men, no matter what his damn name is. Capital work, Mary. Percy, it's uh, your turn. Yes, good work, Mary. I think you've really proven your mother's not the only writer in the family. <clears throat> now for my own humble story... Picture it. A dark and stormy night. I love it. Yes, good work, Percy. Quiet, Mary. Yes, quiet, Mary. Now, on this dark and stormy night, we we realize that we, too, have a bit of an unreliable narrator. He's freshly emerged from the university, and he's making a go of it as a young dandy in New Amsterdam town. With his university friends on this night, dark and stormy as it is... Capital. Uh, this young man is at a party. His good friend is moving to the Orient for a business proposition. And so they gather at the friend's residence. It's a surprise, you see, the party is. And, but then, suddenly and without warning, a great clap of thunder is heard. <gasps> Breathtaking. Doesn't seem like it would attract much attention on such a stormy night. <clears throat> well, it isn't that dark and stormy, all right? It's, uh, it's dark and, and misty. Anyway, so the thunder comes out of nowhere, and everyone at the party is like, what, what, what was that? That didn't sound like thunder to me. Maybe it was an earthquake. Oh, no. Here in New Amsterdam town? One wouldn't think it possible. So they all venture outdoors and realize a great 
beast hath risen from the sea, and it doth make great wreckage upon New Amsterdam. Good Lord, whatever shall they do, a great beast? Oh, higher than the trees or the tallest of buildings. It's nigh higher than the steeples of the tallest of churches, and it is just wrecking everything up. All right, <clears throat> so our heroes escape into a tunnel. The, the young man, his friend the businessman, and a comely lass or two that our narrator had unsuccessfully pursued in a carnal manner at the festivities earlier. But the monster won't let them get away. Big uh, uh, crabs, they're falling off of it. And they're attacking people too. Oh, disgusting. How how big are these crabs? Oh, they're pretty big. They're uh, uh, dog-sized, dog-sized crabs. Oh, much ickiness. Um, yes, the ickiness. Yes, so that comely lass gets bitten by one of the crabs, and she's like, oh, I don't feel so good. And she totally just explodes with blood. It's just all over the place. And our young man is all in the manner. Oh, no, that was my comely lass. I wish to know Connolly, the vile crabs, and that even larger monster. Oh, bother. Can we get back to the larger monster? In due time, Mary. I wish to hear more of the comely lass. What kind of bosoms are we getting at here? Byron, please. Ah, yes, indeed, Byron, please. But to answer your question... Ample, <sighs> but not nearly as ample as this beast. So the local fusiliers are called, but their bullets are useless. And then the militia come around with their cannons and they're firing upon the beast. And in this moment, our young man, the businessman and the businessman's love interest are caught in the crossfire and they perish. And indeed, we know not whether the terror hath abated. Dear God, Percy. What a tale. What a tale indeed. What do you call it? I call it Percy Shelley's Cloverfield. And Cloverfield is? The monster's name. Bravo. Yes, yes, very nice, dear husband. Could speak a bit more to the human condition, though, right? Well, what do you mean, dear wife? It's a, it's a thing that's bigger than you, and it's attacking you. And your fusiliers are useless. It's as terrifying as an image can be, really, if you think about it. Just, uh, I understand how chilling that sounds, but, well, for instance, in the course of daily life, we see what dangers hubris hath wrought, and in my and tale... the dark and storminess of the night. The night that became rather misty. The same. Oh, Byron, Mary, you do flatter me so. <clears throat> but now I do believe it's Byron's turn. Oh, oh, is it? Oh, my, okay. So, there we are, two tradesmen. One stout and the other rather lean. We are in the extremely alluring world of Egypt. Ooh. They are offered transport back to their homeland, provided they travel with a freshly exhumed sarcophagus that contains... No other than the legendary body of uh, a pharaoh or something. Whoever's in that damn thing. But they overhear there's an amulet in the coffin that will lead them to further riches. So, the more stout of the two tradesmen pilfers it. Little does he know that that will awaken the deceased pharaoh, who in turn hunts down the tradesmen whilst they are deep in the pyramid labyrinth hunting for further treasure. Ooh, that's exactly where one would abhor being hunted by a long-deceased Egyptian royalty the most. Damn straight. So that's scary. The medallion is cursed and whatnot. And, uh, you know, hijinks ensue. They dress up like mummies. They, uh, have a brief, confusing interlude of mistaking the word mummy for the word for one's own mother. And at the end, a nightclub is made in the mummy's tomb. It's, a uh, pretty scary stuff, right? Ooh, I'll say. I'll 
I'd just as soon say nothing. Oh, thank you, my dear Shelleys. I shall call it Lord Byron's Abbot and Costello Meet the Mummy. What doth your tale teach us of mankind, dear Lord Byron? Oh, yes, that. Uh, well, you know, gotta be careful round mummies and what have you, I suppose. Ooh, not a lesson I should soon forget. You know... Perhaps these tradesmen of yours could happen across Mary's Frankenstein sometime. Ooh, or a few Frankensteins. Or, uh, or his wife. No, 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 you're confused again, darling. Frankenstein was the scientist. His monster didn't have a wife. That's what he was so mad about. Oh, nothing to be too mad about. <laughs> oh, Byron, you're so bad. Byron, you're rotten. Wait, who's that running in here? Why, it's my young physician, John William Polidori. How's that vampire sore coming along, old boy? It's... Well, listen to the story about a man named Jed. Poor mountaineer who became undead. Said Transylvania is the place he ought to be. So they loaded up the coffin and they moved to Romania. Romania, that is. Sucking blood, not seeing themselves in mirrors. Transylvanian Hillbillies is filmed before a live studio audience. Well, now... Count Cartwright, you come right in. I hoped you would ask. Well, you know how it is. It's mirror image of my own life. What would we know about that? Now, what can I do for you this fine full moon night, Count? Well, Jed, it's Ellie May. Ah, uh, you fixed your eyes on sweet Ellie May? Let me guess, you're driving you batty. Something like that, Count Clampett. She keeps sucking blood out of my groundskeepers. Now my lawn is getting long as my teeth. What's that you say, Count? Speaking of long in the tooth, how are you, Granny? Oh, quiet it down, Count Clampett. We're all hundreds of years old, but that doesn't mean you can disrespect your elders. Well, I reckon that's so. The Count here just stopped by to tell us that apparently young Allie May has been having her way with the groundskeepers. Lucky for them, Allie May always could get the blood pumping. Only now it's pumping into her mouth. Well, it was back then, too. Granny, blood! It was one euphemism too far. The Transylvanian hillbillies was thrown off the air due to its racy nature. This double entendre superseded the legacy of the classic episodes that had held America in a thrall in 1962. And by 1963, no one was interested in talking about the episode where Count Jethro wants to become a magician after sucking the blood of Marvo the Magnificent. Nor were they interested in discussing the episode where Granny's love potion causes Count Drysdale to fall in love with guest star Julie Newmar, whose blood was then memorably sucked. It was a dark time in American entertainment, which would have lasted forever if the sexual revolution of late 1963 hadn't opened the door to American television's expansion into subjects once thought too prurient for primetime. The retooled version of Transylvanian Hillbillies came back to the airwaves in 1965, it was much more explicit than its predecessor, and more explicit than anything American audiences had ever seen. In the opening scene of the crossover episode, Jethro was seen feasting on the remains of Petticoat Junction's Kate. Earl Scruggs guest starred as Van Helsing. Now, Count Jethro, 
You've done feasted on every one of them beautiful Cooterville girls, and I'll be damned if oh, you... I'm afraid that's a done deal, Pa. <laughs> Horror sitcoms would have been the next big thing. Were the Beatles not, at that same moment, appearing on The Ed Sullivan Show, leading the network to cancel the program for good in favor of the monkeys? Who knows what we've lost from this fertile ground? It's Cthulhu and Andy! Andy, this new get-rich-quick plan of yours is clearly a pyramid scheme. I thought you liked pyramids! My followers constructed ziggurats! Zigga-what? You know, you would think that it would be fitting to tell gothic stories in a store that purports to be for goths, but the real origin of the word is attributed, uh, apocryphally, to a region in Sweden. Although sources are somewhat vague, the tribes are said to have migrated to eastern Germania, where they established an empire that was eventually strong enough to sack Rome in 410, birthing medieval Europe. Oh my god. That time period gives us gothic architecture, and only much later does it give us the genre of literature which was named for the gothic buildings where so much of it took place. The subculture we're surrounded by is an heir to several reified imitations of speculation. Shut up, Poindexter. You're boring us. Oh, that bores you? Well, here's something terrifying for you if you insist on, uh, fiction. All right. Be careful, these shape-shifting aliens can assume a human form. How can we tell real people apart from these doppelgangers? Well, they have one major weakness that makes them very, very easy to pick out. Look! It's a fellow survivor! I can't believe my eyes! Other people live through the alien assault? Are there others? Can you take me to them? Come with us! Hold on! First, prove your humanity. Take off your hat and give it to one of us. Uh, no problem! Who should I give it to? You killed her! Why? Don't worry. It's an alien for whom the bell tolls this time. At last, other human beings, listen. I think we need to try to make peace with these aliens, irregardless of their past actions. Don't worry. It was another alien. But how did you... Oh, now I know how to spot an alien regardless of appearance. Other people? Come with me to an underground shelter. It's the safest place to hide for all intents and purposes. I'm guessing you didn't intend to tell us your real purpose. Shut up, Poindexter. This isn't a scary story about aliens. It's about people with bad grammar. Only you could find this scary or interesting. Mm, but the decay of a universally agreed upon system of linguistic signifiers will surely lead to ruin. I could care less. I think you mean. Shut up, Poindexter. Cool it, guys. Jock, if you have a scarier story, why don't you tell it? All right. So once there was this dude we knew and he like sent off a dick pic, right? And like then he went on just like a tear, all right? The bros say it was like nothing they'd ever seen. I mean, every night, someone knew, until his bed just fell apart. I mean, he swapped to doing it on a mattress on the floor. It didn't matter if he had to be out till the bars closed. He came to know all the most depressing spots where you could score. I mean, it's not like this bro even had standards or anything, 
But, you know, even so, it was a lot. This is disgusting. Well, you would think so. We all assumed there would be, but no. He was hanging cleaner than the Ayatollah. It just didn't make any sense. And what made even less sense is how his dick pic seemed to be the thing that was devolving. Like, that's where all the pustules were coming up. On the picture that we all thought we knew. It, it like, no, it, it like, we all agreed it used to look different. There was this new distinct cruelness around the balls, you know? Like, but now I'm Mark on this bro's bod. Weird shit, man, weird shit. But then at a house meeting, we all agreed to delete the picture to make room for more dick pics. I mean, pics from chicks. Uh, when we heard Dorian upstairs fall over in the shower. When we get up there, man, it was gross. You ever seen like, you ever seen like an heirloom tomato? Picture one, but like inside out and pickled. But then at the very same moment, as we stood over him, we all got this Snapchat of the most beautiful dick pic that any of us had ever seen. I can't explain it. Uh, can you explain why you and all the bros were sent the dick pic? Or how you all knew that his dick wasn't impacted by his profligate living? It's not what you're thinking, but no. I No, I can't explain that either. It just reminds me of this Irish author who famously... It's different. That's not a real story. That's just something that frat houses tell their pledges to get him to use protection. Well, the shitty thing is, Dorian was a really bad counterexample to that thinking for a while. Anyway, it's gross men running amok. There are already a plenty of stories like that, and none of the good ones involve venereal disease. Shh. Do you hear that? Hear what? Sounds like... Cuddy! It's some kind of electric... Walking knife! If it threw the gate from outside! They used to make these at Sharper Image before they went bankrupt. Oh, yeah, it was. It got it's me. running amok, man! I'll stop it! No, don't stomp on it! Oh. This Harley Quinn themed body spray will short it out! Great, now I'm all wet, glittery, and my foot is bleeding. No, Jock, it could have been much worse. Yeah, I know. Could have gone for my crotch. Go. No. They're getting smarter. But what are they? And why do they have sharper image products? They're going to get in here. Don't look like that. We're going to be okay. Here, Jock. Use these sarcastic t-shirts to stop the bleeding. Normal people scare me? That's stupid. Whoever made this shirt has no idea what they should be afraid of. Astutely observed, Jock. Here, use some of these Blink-182 hoodies to elevate your foot. We need to keep our spirits up. Cheerleader, did you say you knew a good story? Well, yeah. It was other men gone bad. Uh, Dr. Jekyll? Dr. Jekyll, it's me, Poole. Your attendant. Uh, can you hear me, Dr. Jekyll? It is ever so dark in your laboratory. Oh, I would gladly pay you Tuesday for a lantern today. Dr. Jekyll, please pardon the interruption, but I have terrible news. It's your personal rival, Dr. Hasty Lanyard. Please, Dr. Jekyll, I know how upset you get when you hear Dr. Lanyon's name, but you must contain yourself, for time is of the essence. Dr. Lanyon has abducted your cherished, lifelong male friend, Mr. Gabe Utterson. Ugh. Ugh. 
And he has villainously tied up poor Mr. Utterson on a wooden rack beneath a slowly descending pendulum axe. Only you and your incredible potion can save him. Uh, Why didn't you say so sooner, Poole? That no good rational material scientist Lanyon has had it out for me ever since I invented me potion. We gotta go save me cherished lifelong male friend, Utterson. I'm Jekyll the Scientist. I'm Jekyll the Scientist. I cause a commotion when I drink me potion. I'm Jekyll the Scientist. Oh, oh, oh. Looks like the pendulum is mightier than the sword today. This ought to teach that irrational mystical scientist, Dr. Jekyll. Help me! Help me, Dr. Jekyll! Oh, ho, oh, oh. ho. That whip can't help you now. Huh? I didn't know that we were by a train station. The only thing that's stopping its tracks today is you, Lanyon. You can't stop me, Jekyll. While you've been exploring the metaphysics of human nature, I've been exercising my physical human body. Pool, gives me me potion. What's the holds up, Pool? Ah, gee, Dr. Jekyll, do you remember that fine restaurant we passed on the way here? The one with the... mm, Hamburgers? Now, don't tell me I'm so sorry, but I didn't happen to have any money on me, so I traded your potions for a hamburger. You traded all me potions for a lousy hamburger? I ought to flame broil your buns. Ho, ho, ho. Don't forget that there's still beef between us, Jekyll. The restaurant owner? What are you doing here? I followed you back here. You told me this potion would help me grow my hair back. But all this I've done is murder a prostitute. You know, good bum, I'm never giving you another hamburger again. And you can keep this last bottle too. (sighs) Me potion. Help me! Help me, Dr. Jekyll! There is no Jekyll. Only Hyde. Now I'm gonna clean your clock, Lanyon. Let's wrap things up. I'm tired of all this back and forth. This place sure is the pits. How's about I send you to Walla Walla, Washington? The pendulum is right above me. Help me, help me, Mr. Hyde. No need to rack your brains over this, my cherished lifelong male friend. Eyes can get you out in the nick of time. Oh, Mr. Hyde. the savage man I'm high the savage man I am what I am and your morals can scram I'm high the savage man Mr. Hyde what are you doing? Oh he's just ruthlessly beating that restaurant owner for fun I guess it's true what they say no restaurant for the wicked Check out what I found. It's a toy soldier. Hey, it's firing at me. Throw it away. Throw it away. That's from KB Toys. That's it, man. Maw monsters. That's what's out there. Lingering spirits left over from the decay of suburbia. Out for revenge. Is that Sam Goody? Fifteen ninety-nine! We don't miss you, Sam! Who wants pretzels? Did somebody say pretzels? Don't fall for it! It's the ghost of Auntie Anne! Oh, but it smells so good! Let me 
Let me just open this grate. No! Everyone grab him! <laughs> oh, mall monsters is exactly the problem, my paranoid friend. But why are they attacking us? Oh god, a Ouija board just fell off the shelf. You can see where it used to be placed, right next to the Lilo and Stitch cosmetic bag and the pink purple star splatter nail polish. The board! It's moving by itself! It's spelling something. Victor Gruen? That's right, that's right. It is I, Victor Gruen, inventor of this shopping mall. And I have a scary story I must tell you. Mine is a tragic tale of a beloved creation taking on a monstrous life of its own and destroying the hopes of its creator. Oh, like Mary Shelley's Frankenstein? Yeah, but real. I was born in the Austria, from which my family fled to America. This country has the promise that every person can start from nothing and become anything, but they must do so alone. I long for the town squares of my home country, where people would gather to share in ideas, and I wished to introduce this concept to my new home, so that no one would feel lonely in their personal quest for the American dream. The first mall I built was a space for social interaction, yeah? With uh, a few storefronts to promote commerce, but the very spirit of American entrepreneurship that I had come to embrace would end up rejecting my original intent and perverting it to serve its own needs. Like when Brett Favre joined the Vikings? Yeah, but this mattered. Soon the malls were solely commercial venues without the space of community. This space, designed to bring communities together, would go on to make individual shoppers feel alone. That sense of isolation that I had hoped to vanquish became even more powerful than before. Mm, like when the Emperor tempted Luke Skywalker into... Shut up, Poindexter. As I was saying, I was so disgusted with what my creation had become that I rejected it and cursed it. And now, with the erosion of the middle class and the prominence of online shopping, moles are dying, but only in physical form. The desire to stay in business was so strong that staple stores like the Sam Goody and KB Toys and Auntie Anne would not simply pass from this world into the next. And what was once meant to be a hub for the living has become a hub for the dead. Now you find yourselves the victims of their terrible wrath, and my spirit returns to await you all oh, in the orange Julius, Julius of Zidane. What did we do wrong to deserve this? Ancient curse? Spirits with unfinished business? It's like we're in a scary story. Don't you see? We are in a scary story. We gotta think like a horror movie character if we're gonna get out of it. Listen to this. Brad, I'm getting scared. The killer could be anywhere in this creepy mansion. Uh, don't worry, Kim. I'm captain of the football team. I can protect you. You know, Kim, I know I'm not a big sports fan, but I I could protect you, too. Back off my girl, Tom. Brad, we need to work together as a team. Right, Rick? I don't know, guys. I have this crazy feeling of deja vu. We need to split up in order to cover more space. But the killer could be anywhere in this creepy mansion that was built on an Indian burial ground. I just wish the killer didn't already get to Sean. Oh my god, that's it. We're in a horror movie. These tropes, they're, they're painfully obvious. Oh my god, and I'm pointing them out. We're in a meta horror movie. Ugh. Oh, and I'm that guy. Damn it. What are you talking about, Rick? 
The old man at the gas station who told us it was safe to take a shortcut that led us here didn't mention anything about a horror movie. Don't you see? That old man at the gas station was probably the start of the whole thing. He probably broke the fourth wall right after we left. Why do we listen to him anyway? Well, why are we even talking about this? No, we listened to him because he said this would be the quickest way for us teens to get out to that cabin by Lake Unsettling. The best place to make out. But take a look at this book that fell off the bookshelf. I can't understand any of the words on the cover. Should we open it up and give it a read? You knocked it out of my hands, Rick. Because we're obviously not going to read the obvious demon book. How am I the only one who gets this? Look, there's still a killer somewhere in the mansion, and we're going to protect ourselves by sticking together, not claiming to be anyone who's easily killed, using common sense, and avoiding cliched plot devices. Like booby traps? (laughs) Boobies. Uh, Brad, you're so mature. You know, Kim, you deserve someone better. All right, Tom. You're definitely no good. Pathetically pining after Kim in spite of her meathead boyfriend? If you're not the killer, you're definitely going to be the person in the group who goes crazy, or else... Oh my god. Of course, Marie, come here for a second. What is it, Rick? Do you want to find a secluded place to make out? Absolutely not. I'm thinking that we're in danger because we're in a horror movie, right? Surrounded by the common tropes. But what if one trope could act as as a gateway to another genre? Good idea. I think I saw something in that book about this. God damn it! Stop trying to read the book. Just listen to me. Tom is in love with Kim, but she doesn't notice him because she's in a relationship with Brad, that dumb jock. In a horror movie, this would probably drive Tom to kill all of his friends, including us. But you could also find this device in... The book! No, what is with you in the book? No, this could also be a romantic comedy. We just have to get Kim to fall in love with Tom before he or anything else that book included. I swear to God, Marie, don't pick it back up kills us. How are we going to get them to fall in love in this dusty old building? Looking for romance in the last place we'd expect? Things are looking up already. Here, follow my lead. Hey Tom, I'm sorry about yelling at you earlier. Marie and I were just talking about how it's such a shame that a downtrodden guy with a heart of gold like yourself is still single. I mean, you're just such a relatable everyman. Sure. Kim, you're a smart woman who's tired of being treated by the way she looks, which is beautiful, by the way, and who wants to be with someone who respects her as strong and independent. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) It's pretty zany that both of you hopeless romantics are in the same place at the same time. All you need is something to bring you both together. Play with me. Play with me forever. Rick! It's a scary child! We're in a horror movie again! Alright, uh, no, no, I can work with this. And wouldn't you know it, this little girl needs two parental role models to look up to. But how could I possibly be a role model when I'm too busy with my career aspirations? And how can I be a role model when I'm too busy getting into hijinks with my man-child buddies? I don't like the look of this budding relationship. I'm gonna have to... Intercepted. I think what we have in our hands here is a necromance. Hey, it's me, the bloodline sidekick. Let me take off my glasses here and let my hair down. Pretty nice, huh? Pretty into it? Oh, wait. Looks like I done goofed and opened that book after all. Wait, what? No! So I guess really the reason I'm so mean to everyone is that I'm insecure myself. I didn't make varsity. I'm not very bright or good looking. I'm certainly not going pro. It's so true. 
everything that you're saying. And, and I guess that's not so different from me. I mean, I spend all my time butting in with new information, but it's just to get attention and, and be revered for my mind. You could see why I'd want to pound you? No, of course. Lord, do I see. Oh, hug it out, bro. Hug it oh, out. Oh, bring it in. That's, real nice. That's really lovely, boys. I, I feel like my relationship with literature has been means to keep human beings with all of their flesh and bone and complexity that's every bit equal to my own at a distance. I guess we should all spend a little less time trying to be on top of the pyramid and a little more time trying to make something of ourselves. For the first time in my life, I'm not freaking out, man. The game isn't over. It's just beginning. Dear Mall Monsters, we accept the fact that we had to sacrifice a whole Saturday trapped in a hot topic for whatever it is we did wrong. But we think you're crazy for trying to fit us into some kind of horror movie stereotype. You see us as you want to see us, in the simplest terms and the most convenient definition. But what we found out is that each one of us is... A brain. And an athlete. And a basket cake. A princess. And a criminal. Does that break your curse? Sincerely. The Dead Last Club. You know, guys, I guess the only thing we had to fear was really confronting what we feared. Ourselves. Wait, no, the mole monsters. That's what we had to fear. Oh, God. Brains! CDs! Brains! Where's your pretzel, sweetie? <laughs> that's a scary story, Grandma! And that's why it's good that there are no more malls. <laughs> because otherwise, Auntie Anne will get me. That's right. She'll bake you right into a Cinnabon. I don't want that. Well, of course not. No one does. That's why we all have to go work in the Amazon warehouse. Hail, Lord Bezos. Hail. Tales of Expected Horror Stars. Julie Krylin, Mark Exquin, Nigel Harsh, Christine Konovnik, Melanie Milton, Ben Richmond, and Bethany Weiss. It was written by Mark X. Gwynn and Ben Richmond and is produced by Nigel Harsh and is a production of New York Pacific. We'll see you next time. You won't see us.